and we're live. Hey guys, welcome to the Faith is Motivation podcast. We've been hyping this up for a minute. We thank you for joining us. We know you've probably seen the ads. You've probably seen, you know, me ranting. You've probably seen uh, my co-host ranting and us going on. And we're just really excited to start this. And we're really excited to have you. I'm one of your co-hosts, Darian Hawkins. I am a real estate agent. I work at a factory. I am a basketball coach. I am a podcast host. So I have a lot of things going on. I really try to do the best I possibly can in life. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at Hawk 40 on Instagram and Twitter. And then I have two business accounts, one on Facebook, which is Darian Hawkins agent. And then the other is on Instagram and that's Darian Hawkins realtor. I'm really not that hard to find. If you're looking for property in the Kentucky area, please just reach out, give me a call. And I am going to let my co-host introduce himself. Hey guys, uh, my name is uh, Chris Horn and I am a uh, Twitch and Facebook gaming streamer on my off times when I am not working over on a factory or door dashing. If you want to actually catch uh, me live over there on either platform, it is Reaper Killstreak. I am going to be streaming in the morning times. Don't really, I won't have a too much of a set schedule, but definitely come over and watch me, you know, build, survive, or even FPS, especially if it's Call of Duty. If you want to reach me on my socials, uh, Twitter at 000horn65, Facebook Gaming, Reaper Killstreak, and then uh, Instagram is uh, Reaper Killstreak. And then also, if you want to give me all my business email, it will be ReaperKillstreak859 at gmail.com. And we'll pass this right back over to you, D. Yeah, guys, thank you. We we really appreciate you tuning in. This is something that's it's been in the works for a while. We've been, you know, trying to get this together. We got a wonderful team behind us. We've been doing a lot of planning. We've been doing a lot of preparation so we can deliver the best product possible. We've done some trials that we've worked out and we've been able to send it out to certain people and get feedback before actually releasing this. So it's, there's really a lot of work that went into this and went into creating this and that went into creating this product. And at the end of the day, man, faith is motivation. It's something that I would like to use as a platform to help people get better. Um, I think coming from the background I came from, you know, single mother household, multiple siblings in the household, then in my adulthood, having to, to sleep in my car for a couple of weeks, to being evicted twice, to being forced out of my last situation, to massive amounts of debt, to getting to where I am now, which is extremely comfortable, right? Extremely comfortable or would be comfortable for most people. I don't consider myself comfortable until I get to where I want to get to, but a lot of people consider my living situation comfortable where I'm making probably, well, definitely over 80K and probably over 90. I've been able to access financial freedom to where I can travel. I am going to a lot of different places next year, as well as getting my first investment property next year and, and really working. So I want to give back. And my only goal with this is that anybody who's listening can walk away with one thing that makes them better. One thing, if you ignore 99% of the things we say, and you can just take away one sentence, one phrase, one one piece of advice, even if you never tune into another podcast, I feel like I did something. I feel like I gave back, right? Because the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to get 1% better each day. And if I can be a part of that 1% for, for everybody who listens, then I feel like I've made a change. Um, Chris, do you want to kind of explain what this is for you and what you look to accomplish out of this? 
faith as motivation to me is something that's more, it's becoming a little bit more of a reality into my life as I am, as you say, in another rebuilding stage. I've always been one that I'm a fighter. You can ask this man here. It doesn't matter what situation I can get in. I always fight back. And I'm now getting to a point in my life. It's like, there's no reasoning I should have to keep rebuilding at this point. Being onto this podcast, I'm going to take the tips that I learned from him and when I, you know, from the research that I, uh, we pull up, put it and put it into my life and I've already implemented it. The grind is very, very real, but I will say it's a fun, it's a fun grind. There's things I still would like to do. I want to take everything. I'm going to be a sponge for the, you know, for the next 15 years, be at the point of sustainability and, and be, you know, be comfortable. This dynamic that we create with this, and one of the reasons why the team chose us to, to be on here is because it creates two dynamics. Because Chris is, Chris is growing a lot. Chris has grown a lot over the last couple of months, actually. So you get to watch Chris kind of come from a spot of having to rebuild and having to put those blocks together. And then you see me starting at a spot where I've already went through my rebuild and I've already went through the financial struggles. I've already went through figuring out the equations for making more money and growing more money and building wealth. And you got to, you kind of get to see Chris learn it and apply it. It's not just us giving you advice and you taking it. Oh, I wonder if this will work. No, it's us giving you advice, explaining it to you. And then you get to watch Chris act it real time and he can give you honest feedback. So if I say something and it doesn't work for him, he can give you honest feedback and say, well, this didn't work, but I found this way, blah, 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 blah. That way we kind of create two pathways and two obstacles. And it creates a really interesting dynamic, I think. I think a lot of podcasts who seek to motivate, you never actually get to see someone grow. You never actually get to witness a host grow. Chris, is there anything to add? The only thing if I really had to say is just tough it out. It's... The beginning part is always the toughest. It's it's like learning anything in life. You just got to stick it, stick through it. Definitely hard when you start. I think most people, once they start seeing massive growth, they kind of fall in love with it, and then they can't stop doing it. And then it just creates this snowball effect where you want to get better, 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 and you end up surpassing even your own expectations. And then you set higher expectations for yourself that you shoot for. Just to go into this, our social, we have social medias on almost every account. I think we are not on Twitter, but we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And our name is Faith is Motivation on all of those, except for Instagram, where it was taken. It is Faith is Motivation Pod. So Faith is Motivation POD on Instagram. Other than that, all of our other social medias are Faith is Motivation. And you should be able to find that. If When this goes up on YouTube, it'll be in the description. And then our release schedule. Yes, let's go over this. So we've talked about this. We got, again, we have a wonderful team behind us. We will be releasing a podcast every Sunday. So Sundays are going to be our official release. So that's going to be our official release. It's going to be the cleanest podcast. It'll be audio only. Okay. And then on Tuesdays, you'll get a YouTube exclusive of the full uncut podcast. So you'll get all of the extra content that we said, well, we don't really need this. We may have cut it out. You'll get the full discussion. You'll get to see me and Chris's faces. You'll get to see 
you know, the live videos. Sometimes when we do reactions, you'll get to watch the video with us instead of just hearing the audio. That'll be Tuesdays. And then Thursdays, we will release an extra video, something fun. Sometimes we'll do tips. Sometimes we'll, you know, go back in the past and kind of explain what we went through. Sometimes we may do live interviews with people. It'll just be some piece of content that will also be YouTube exclusive. So you want to follow, so you want to subscribe to us on YouTube if you can. If you just want to listen to the podcast and you just want to hear the full podcast come out, then you can, you know, simply just follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's all for that. So to let you guys know what we're going to be kind of doing over these next couple of episodes, we are going to kind of break down the foundation of this podcast. We're going to break down the foundation. So we're going to go over the four key points of success, right? Because obviously the point of this podcast is to motivate, is to inspire people. So all of these things go into self-improvement and the four points you need, the four key points that you need to know for self-improvement is one is accountability, two is discipline, three is your social skills, and then four is your mental state. And then you if you want to coop in your emotional control with your mental state, you can, or you can say that's number five. So over these next couple of episodes, we're going to break down each of those points for you, right? So today we're going to go into accountability. Then we're going to go into discipline on our next episode, then social skills. Then we'll do mental state and emotional control together. But we're going to break down all of these points for you because they really build the foundation of everything we're going to do throughout this podcast, especially the first two. You're going to hear us relate back to those a lot. So getting into accountability, Chris actually has, I think it's the Merriam-Webster definition for us, if you want to go ahead and give that to us. Uh, the quality or state of being accountable, an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. I think that definition hits it spot on. So when talking about accountability, you have to accept responsibility. What does that mean? Because a lot of people go around and say, I'm accountable for my actions, blah, 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 blah. And it's just simply not true. Because in order to be accountable, in order to be accountable, you got to accept responsibility. So at the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror and you got to say, well, it's my fault that X happened. There's no, it wouldn't have happened if he, it wouldn't have happened if she, it wouldn't have happened if this, it wouldn't have happened if that. No, you have to say, it is my fault. It wouldn't have happened if I, that is accountability. It wouldn't have happened if I did not do this, or if I did do this, X could have been prevented, right? So that's being responsible. And you have an obligation to yourself to take responsibility for your situation. So everything that's happened to you, wherever you are in life, you have an obligation to yourself to say, okay, this is my fault. Because at the end of the day, who's really going to get you out of that situation? You, you're the only one. And I think a, a prime example of this um, neglecting accountability is, is being overweight. Being overweight is, is neglecting accountability. And I would say that most people would prefer not to be overweight. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody's sitting around weighing 300 pounds saying, oh, I love this. I'm happy this way. And, 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 and few are, I'm sure that the very few people are completely happy. And if you're completely happy with that, go ahead, be happy. But I think most people would, if they had a choice, choose to cut off a couple of extra pounds and be at a more 
desired desired physique. And you know, I, you know, I, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't try to sugarcoat my words. I just need to. I just need to be straight up, man. Most people would just would prefer not to be fat. Most people would prefer not to be fat. But we like to neglect accountability here. We like to go around and we like to say, "Oh, we have problems and we can't help it." When this is <laughs> when this is something that's a hundred percent in your control, a hundred and twenty percent. You control every bit of food you eat. If you know anything about losing weight or maintaining weight or gaining weight, you know calories in versus calories out. If you ingest more calories, you're gaining weight. If you are releasing more calories, you're losing weight. You control how many calories you eat. You control how much you work out. So you control how many calories go in your body and how many calories go out of your body. It's in your control. So you, so people like to run around. They like to say, oh, I have thyroid issues. They like to run around and they like to say, I have eating disorders. I have a bad relationship with food. I have a high metabolism or a low metabolism, whatever. And they like to use these excuses as a reason why I can't lose weight because of these things. But here's the thing, man. When you look at statistics, obesity rates have increased three times since the 60s. Okay, so in the early 60s, 14% of individuals had a BMI of over 30, only 14%. Today is closer to 40%. Why do we have so many of these issues now? Uh, is this like a disease that you just catch in the air? Is it something that we're developing? Like, wh like, what is, like, what happened over 50 years that so many people now can't control their weight, but they could back then? Why is it only in America? We're one of the fattest countries in the world. Why do we... In the West, right, probably Western countries in general, why do we have so many more fat diseases than the people in Japan? Japan, they have only 3 to 4% of their country has a BMI of over 30. Why are they able to control their weight, but we're not able to control ours? Why are they able to manage their thyroid issues and their eating disorders and their, and their bad relationships with food? Why is Japan able to manage it, but we can't? And I know Japan has a culture where being overweight is unacceptable, but because it's unacceptable, they don't have the privilege of saying, I can't help it. They don't have the privilege of saying, well, I can neglect this. They have to take accountability. They have to. They literally have laws in Japan where if you're overweight, you may not be able to work. So it's like, okay, I know I have this issue. I know I have this thyroid issue. I know I have this medical condition that makes it harder for me to lose weight, but I have to still be accountable for it. I have to diet harder. I have to work harder than maybe the next person. Okay. Welcome to life. Life is unfair. Some of you have to work harder to stay healthy. Don't just say, well, I can't help it, blah, 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 blah. And if you're truly happy being overweight, that's fine. But here's another statistic. Um, it was a study by a, a woman. I think her name is pronounced Flor Florina S. Lupin. And she found that obesity increases the risk of depression by 55%. So even if you're happy now, you do run a higher risk of being depressed. And if that's something, and if that's something you want to accept, if that's something you want to accept, you know what? I don't think I'll ever be depressed, blah, 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 blah. Cool. But I'm speaking to people who want to make serious life changes and put themselves in the best position to be the best they can act, they can possibly be. And all I'm saying is it is in your control. Stop blaming other things. Take accountability. You are in control of your weight. Take accountability for your weight. Take accountability for your health. This is your health we're talking about. Everybody knows that being overweight comes with increased health risk. That's not even debatable. Take control of it. You are in control. If you want to lose weight, if being overweight is making you unhappy, if you would prefer to be in better shape, 
take control. It's going to require accountability. It's going to require strict discipline. It's going to require action. It's going to require hard work. Do it. I understand it's hard. It's going to be hard, but stop saying it's not your fault because it is. Chris, anything you want to add to that? The add on to that statistic that you had said where um, uh, fatness increases to depression, I can kind of vouch for that. For the simple fact that I'm gu- I was guilty for that whole pandemic, buying DoorDash, you know, all that. I ended up being, I was 180 before the pandemic, healthy, going to the gym with this dude right here. And I was playing basketball and was destroying people. Now, 2022, I am 217. I can't really run like I used to. I can't do as much as I used to. And it gets to me and it makes me upset. During the, from 2020 to 2022, it made me de- definitely it depressed me. It's like, but that's also because I was not accountable for holding myself to my old standards of being physically fit. You control what you eat. You control how you diet. You control everything of that aspect. That's really accountability. When you are accountable, you are in control of everything. Yeah, Chris. I mean, we're, we're going to get your fat ass in shape, but I, I do want to say <laughs> I do want to say this, man. I do want to say this. You have lost a lot of weight since since 2020. Because I remember during the pandemic, we really didn't see each other much. And the first time, like, you, we got together, I was like, "Just putting on some weight." You know, last time I saw you, you you really don't look you really don't look that 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 big. Um, I know I said we're going to get your fat ass in shape, but that's kind of a joke. So you're definitely doing a lot better. But I do think your eating habits have changed. I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get you out, we'll get you running, and and we'll do some we'll do some other stuff. But you're definitely in in a lot better shape than you were. So it's definitely in your control, and I think that's something that you've definitely improved on, and that's something you've definitely been able to grow grow with. So yeah, I mean, just 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 hammering it home, man. You can take Chris's example. You can use me as an example. I am naturally. If I don't, if I don't work out and I don't go to the gym, I only weigh like 180, 175 to 180. I'm six foot three. I'm extremely skinny, like extremely skinny. And I looked at some before pictures because I started going to the gym last year. I looked at some before pictures and I, 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 I think I look, I think I looked unhealthy, right? So it's not only about being extremely overweight, it's about being extremely underweight. I'm currently 215, which I know that weighs a lot, but trust me, I'm not, I'm not fat at all. Um, it's, it's definitely probably more muscle. I would say I'm slightly above average when it comes to, when it comes to physical health and physique, I'm probably slightly above average. I've been able to put on, you know, close to, close to 30 pounds, close to 30 pounds over the last year and a half. So I mean, even for me, even for me, I'd say that it's not easy. I think it's it's easier for me to not be obese. It's easier for me to not be fat, but for me to actually be a healthy physique and not overly skinny is is definitely not easy. I have to eat a lot. I have to eat a lot to maintain my current physique. It's, it's never easy. It is easier for certain people to maintain a certain body, but for people to reach peak health, for people to be as healthy as they possibly can. It's never easy for anybody. They have to do the work. They have to do the work. That'll conclude my rant about, you know, controlling your weight and staying healthy and and, and being accountable for that. We'll go on and we'll let Chris go ahead and talk about some examples he has of people showing lacks of accountability. 
Yeah. Um, and really, like right before I get into that, and just like the final closing thought on that, uh, definitely cook at home, fix your own meal. That's no, like, and that's been that's literally been my secret is I've cooked more at home, been cooking with a lot more fish, a lot more um, steak, pork, and it's been, and that's just why I'm getting a little bit more, I guess you say, lean at this point. Yeah, no, he 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 definitely is. And guys, listen, being hungry doesn't necessarily mean that you're hungry. I have, to, I have to say, I have to word this very carefully, because if I if I say it wrong, people are going to be like, oh, you're telling me to starve myself? No, I I'm, I need to eat. You're telling me I'm not going to starve myself? That's a disorder. No, I'm not telling you to starve yourself. I'm telling you the human body only needs two to 2,500 calories to survive. So if you eat 2,000 calories, 2,500 calories in a day, and you're hungry, you don't need to eat again. Your body's just telling you, hey, I want to eat. You don't need to eat. You're perfectly fine. If you ingest a healthy balance of 2,000 to 2,500 calories and you're hungry after that, you're not going to die. You're, you're not going to die. Typically, you're just hungry because your mind says, well, we normally eat more than this. Let's eat more. So if you eat a healthy amount of calories and you eat healthy calories, you eat a healthy amount of food. If you're eating after that, you're just eating to eat. You're just, you're just eating because you want to. 2,000 to 2,500 a day. After that, if you get hungry, tell yourself. I'm not even really hungry. I just want to eat. That's, that's, that's literally it. Go to like, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, trust me. You're not, you're not going to die. You're not going to be starving yourself. You're not going to get extremely skinny. Yeah. Healthy amount of calories, eat a healthy amount of food, a well-balanced diet. Then if you get hungry, just be hungry. Right. I, I know that's, that's, that sounds awful to say, but if you're trying to get in shape and you're trying to slim down, one of the biggest ways to do it is simply by changing your diet. Most people, if you change your diet and you stick to it, most, not everybody can do this, but most people, if you simply change your diet and you stick to it, you're going to start trimming off a couple of pounds. Okay. It's just about being disciplined. It's just about taking accountability and being disciplined to say no to that extra cookie at 12 a.m. when you really shouldn't be eating. Chris, anything else on on the on the weight subject? No, that that should be it. That's the only thing I wanted to add. It so I'll I'm gonna go ahead and go straight up to my point. And um, and what I wanted to discuss for the accountability part is uh, keyboard warriors. What is a keyboard warrior? You may be asking, and that is uh, a person who makes abusive or aggressive posts on the internet. Typically, one who conceals their true identity. That was by Google. Why would I bring this up into the accountability? One, like it just said there, you can say, you can always conceal your identity. You don't have to sh say your name. Your face is not out there if you don't want it to be. So then you, you uh, people get it into their mind. I can say whatever I want without actual recourse. No, that's whatever you say on the internet stays on the internet. Whatever you say, you always have to. Take the accountability. And the one and the one article that I that I have is when the hate raids had happened onto Twitch. For people who don't watch Twitch and stuff, it's literally when a group of people raid a person's stream and they fill that that person's uh, chat with hateful comments. De uh, derogatory terms. I will say that Twitch is now also taking legal actions, so they're now actually coming after people for those actions. I'd say I'd say you you lack 
a lot of accountability if you're willing to talk talk over the computer, willing to talk talk over the internet. I'd, I'd say you lack accountability. You don't want to be accountable. Most people understand that what they say can lead to repercussions. What you say will have consequences. So if you're saying it over the computer, if you're saying it typing it in someone's Twitch chat or you're saying it typing it typing it in a YouTube comment, you know well, there's no repercussions here, so I don't got to take accountability for what I say. And I think what we're finding now is society is really pushing people to take accountability for that in order to be a true adult in today's society. If you are truly an adult, if you are truly an individual, if you are truly a man, you, you're not going to say it over the internet anyway. If you want to, like, personally, if you want to say anything to me over the internet, that's perfectly fine. I always say I'd much rather people talk behind my back or say something over a computer than say it to my face. If you're saying it behind my back, you're saying it out of fear, right? If you're typing things over the computer, you're saying it because you're afraid. I mean, if you're afraid of me, then good. Talk behind my back. I'm perfectly fine. I think there's a thin line between fear and respect. I think there's a very, very thin line between that. So I'm perfectly fine with with with, with people being afraid to say things to my face. But at the end of the day, if you're afraid to say it to my face, you lack accountability because you know, you know, if you had to be, if you had to be held accountable for your actions, you don't want to face the repercussions. People who have accountability, they know when they make a decision, they say, okay, these are the consequences. And they weigh their consequences with a possible reward and they take it. And if you don't want to be accountable for your, your actions, if you don't want to be accountable for what you say, you seriously lack accountability. Um, Chris, anything you want to add? Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll, I'll just add is um, everybody at one point in time in their life is has done uh, been a keyboard warrior, whether it's over the voice chat, over comments on Facebook or whatever. Everyone has done it, whether they realize it or not. I know recently, where, especially where I stream, I have to take accountability for what I say, whatever I do, whenever I'm on. Even if I'm not streaming, I always have to be like, Whoever I'm in the lobby with, it's like they could be potentially watching my content. I cannot be out of line and, you know, just say whatever I, whatever I want. Even online, you're going to be held accountable no matter what. Yeah, man. And, I mean, hold yourself accountable to this, being a good person, being nice to people. That's going to take you so far. And then we'll get into more. We'll get in more on this on episode three, I think, when we talk about social skills and networking, et cetera. But being a good person, it's going to take you far. If you're you're trying to be somewhere and you're trying to be great, being a good person, it's going to get you perks and privileges that you might not even realize. Just being cordial, shaking people's hands, smiling, being nice, giving people compliments, things like that will get you so far so far just be a good person in every aspect of your life i know like over the keyboard like people might not know you but if you're practicing that act it's going to be a habit so if you make a fake account fake pictures whatever and you're like you know what i'll just be a bad person on this account the real me's nice i'm gonna be a bad person on this account understand that that is going to spill over you become what you practice so if you practice that and you act that way over the computer it's going to spill over and your the, the consequences are going to come back in your real life. So practice being a good person at all times, in all situations, and that's really going to take you far. Moving on, if that's a, unless you have anything else you want to add on to that. Um, no, that's all. I mean, I guess continuing with having a lack of accountability, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about people being broke. Not having money is your fault. In this country, it's your fault. 
I have to say in this country, because as soon as I start this rant, people are going to say, well, what about people here and they can't, they can't work because they don't have job opportunities? That's not you, homie. Typically in the West, in the West, in Europe, I think Europe, but I know in the West, if you're broke, it's your fault. Like you, like you've made the decision to be broke and you don't want to hold yourself accountable to it. But then we're going to break this down in several different areas. But I'll say, first off, if you're a young man and you have little ob obligation, so you're single, 20, 21, maybe in a relationship, but you don't have any kids. You have very little obligation. Being broke is, is, is unexcusable. You can work, there's 168 hours a week. You can work 100 of those. You can work as much as you want. You have very little obligation. Why do we have so many 20, 21 year olds that's not in college, they're not in school, they're working a job making $14 an hour and they're barely scraping by? Not, why, why aren't you working more? I work 70 to 90 hours a week. I'm able to eclipse certain milestones financially that some that's, that some people probably never will in their entire life. And I know we have this big argument where people are talking about, well, I don't want to work that much. I need free time. I need time for myself, blah, blah, blah. What's the point of having free time if you can't enjoy it? What are you doing in your free time if you're broke, sitting around playing video games? Get 1% better each each and every single day. I can, I can promise you, unless you're trying to make a career out of playing video games and you're really, really good at it, you're, you're not getting better sitting around playing Minecraft on your PlayStation. It's not, it's not helping you. Take that time, put it into work. Put it into work. Make enough money, especially if you're young. Especially, and I wish I knew this at, at 18, 19, 20, 21. I really, really, really wish I knew this. Make enough money so your money can work for you. It is very possible for, for people to become millionaires by 26, 27. But you got to put in the work early and you have no obligation. There is nothing stopping you from working as much as you want putting a lot of money to the side and investing so that money can be returned to you. But you want to sit around and you want to make excuses for it. I don't have time. I don't, I don't want to do this. I need time to spend with my friends. Listen, I get with my, I, I get with my friends once or twice a month. We get together once or twice a month. And then we travel a couple of times a year. I've given myself the privilege to travel. I think I'm, I think I'm going out of state six times, right? I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to Charlotte and then I'm going out of the country. I'm going to Greece, Athens, Mykonos, right? But the only reason I'm able to do this is because I work so much is because I have the money to do it. So you tell me what's better working 40 hours a week and then getting with your friends, sitting around and smoking weed all day in your fucking basement or working and then being able to spend time with your friends in freaking Mykonos. It's definitely going to be working. And then on top of this, on top of all this traveling I'm doing, I'm, able, I'm going to be able to get my first investment property next year. I already have the budget worked out. It's going to happen. And that's just going to put more money in my pocket. So I really, really urge young men to work as much as possible. Save half, spend half, and enjoy your life. Enjoy your youth on a level that a lot of people don't get to. Right. I'm 25. A lot of people don't get to do the things I'm I, I'm able to do at 25. I want you to enjoy your life, but you need money to do that. I want you to enjoy it. Then I want you to put yourself in a position where you're my age, 25, 26, 27, somewhere in that area that you don't have to work 100 hours anymore. Now you only have to work 20 to 30 and you're making 100K because you worked while you was young. 
Now you can now you've invested that money and that money is coming back to you and you're able to truly enjoy your life. You're able to truly experience financial freedom. You're able to drive nice cars. You're able to go nice places. You're able to travel the world. You're able to travel the country. You have no obligations right now, young blood. No obligations. Go work. Have fun. Reap your rewards from it. Trust me. Trust me, if there's, if there's one thing I could tell young people, it's that. The next thing I'll, I'll touch about being broke, unless, Chris, you have anything to add to that one. No, the, uh, the only thing I would truthfully add is we're, I'm not in that position of where he's at. Like um, like we've said like countless times at the beginning of this uh, podcast. But I am now going to – so I started this week on my new job. And then I'm door dashing. So like as soon as this is done, I'm going to go straight to door dashing and then I'm doing it on the weekends. So it's like I'm really now into the, that grind of getting out of being broke to the point of I'm going to at least by the end of this year start to try to invest and learn to invest. Which that man, uh, this man right here will be the one to help me with that. Right. And, you know, that will be the only thing I'll add. I mean, if we could have done this younger, man, if, if, I, if, if I knew what I know now, some of you guys listening, you're 18, 19, 20, 21. If I knew what I knew now, if I knew it was as easy to make 80, 90 K as, as it has been for me this year, I would have done it then. I would have been living this. I would have been having these experiences, living this life back in the past at 18, 19, 20. It's really not that hard. Working is really not that bad, especially if you have a good group of coworkers. Working is really not that bad. And then real estate is awesome. Yeah, man, I, I really urge people to get out there and work. Um, a lot of you older guys, you're in debt or some of you young guys. I know I was by the age of 21, I had about $10,000 in, in bad debt. That's your fault as well. So a lot of people, they say, well, I'm in debt because I was taken advantage of by credit card companies. I'm in debt because I was convinced to go to school for a degree that wasn't worth it. I'm in debt because blah, 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 blah. But what did we say about accountability at the beginning? It's, if you say I'm in debt because of X, you're not taking accountability. The only way to take accountability, I'm in debt because I, right? In a lot of cases, in a lot of cases with this, it's ignorance. You're in debt because you were ignorant. You did not know, you did not study, you did not do your research. And I'll say this, man, if someone takes advantage of your ignorance, it is your fault for being ignorant. You should have educated yourself. Doesn't make them any less of a shitty person, but it's still your fault for being ignorant, right? Bad people exist in this world. This world is a, is a, is a, is a cruel place, to be quite frank. This world is a dark place. The world is not nice. So people are going to take advantage of your ignorance. You cannot blame these people because you were ignorant. You need to educate yourself. Before you go into debt, you need to educate yourself on how debt works. Now, you may have made that mistake. You may have made that mistake. Therefore, it is your fault. I made this mistake. A lot of people make this mistake. But now it is on you to get yourself out of debt. And the only way you're going to get yourself out of debt in a quick and successful way is by what? Working, go to work, pay off your debt, create a plan, figure it out. You're the only person that's going to get yourself out of that situation. And then you are also in control of managing your money. Create a freaking budget. Okay. Stop operating in life without a budget. This is, we're talking money guys. 
You need to know where it's going. You need to have a plan. You, you wouldn't go into war. America would not go into war unless we had a battle strategy. You have to understand when it comes to finances, you're going into war. If you're making money, someone's losing money. If you're losing money, someone's making money. It's a competition. You're fighting. Go in with a battle plan. Go in with, an, go in with a strategy. If you need to get out of debt, go in with a strategy. If you're struggling with your money and you're spending money and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have a budget, I guarantee you'll find a lot of holes, man. So I, I looked online and... It said that, like, in order to live comfortably in America, you need to make, like, 70000 a year. And I, I thought this was garbage. So I, I'm making eighty to ninety this year. Last year, I made forty. I made 49000 And I was making enough to get myself out of debt. I was able to get furniture for my house. And I made 49000 And I did not. I did not get behind on my rent. I did not get behind on any payments. And then I paid off uh, the uh, vast majority of my debt was paid off by the end of last year. A, a little bit spilled over into this year, but a vast majority of it was paid off by the end of last year. That's why I've been able to put a lot of money back this year. And, and, and I've had the time to kind of do the things I wanted to do and the money to do the things I wanted to do because I, I, I'm, I really don't have any what I would call red debt. The only debt I have now, I use credit cards. I, I typically pay them off at the end of the month. I have a, I have a, I have a school loan from a, I was a year in college, so I still have a school loan. That's that's kind of bad. I kind of just, I could have paid it off. I kind of just keep it around because it helps my credit score. I think that's the only debt I have currently is school and credit cards. But I mean, forty nine thousand. I was able to live comfortably as a single, as a single man. You know, here I would say in most places, and and this is my own personal opinion. I would say most places. In Kentucky, at least, if, if you're in Kentucky, 14, you know, $14 an hour and you can serve if, if you're single, not, not if you're providing for a child or another person, but if you're single, I mean, 14 should be enough for you to find a place to live, put food on the table, maybe put a little bit aside for savings. You know, now you're not going to have all the nice stuff. Like you're not going to have a nice car. You're not going to have like the nicest house, the nicest place. You'll probably be somewhere paying $600 a month and you can get rentals for six, $700 in Kentucky. I see them all the time. Yeah. I mean, Chris, you have some experience. You have some experience living on, on lower incomes. What's your opinion on it? So, okay. So in order for me to explain what I'm, at, I'm about to say, so I lived in an apartment for and, and my apartment rent was five sixty five, all utilities, but <clears throat> sorry, but electric and internet, which my electric was sixty five about sixty dollars a month, and then my internet was forty uh was fifty dollars a month as well. So now, if you sit there and doing it, doing the math, that's almost that's almost up to seven hundred dollars right there. Now. I also had a car payment, and that car payment, I believe, was right at two twelve. I was making at that time. I work, and I was. I I don't mind saying it. Lows, they're not competitive wages, anyways. I was making thirteen uh, thirteen thirteen at the time. Now, thirteen thirteen at the time, my monthly output for just bills. This is exclusively just for bills. Literally, was ninety six percent of what I brought home on working 40 hours a week. Now, the only reason why I was able to, I guess you could say go almost two years like that. One, I, I got a little financial help 
because I got a loan for my uh, got a loan for my car and had a little bit left over to be able to get some food and stuff. But two, I budgeted like hell. Being on the lower income was I learned to budget. I learned to write down where everything went. And even though I'm I'm still we're making a lot of money, that's literally I have. I'll show a little bit of it. This notebook. That's numbers. <laughs> that's because that's me breaking down. Where's my money going? Because one, I need to know. I don't care if I'm. I don't even care if I'm about to be making fifty, sixty dollars an uh, an hour. I'm still writing down. I'm going to write down what bills I have, what's going where, because that's what helped me survive for two years on my own with a lower income. Yeah. So if I if I, if I could add to that, so thirteen, thirteen, and then ninety percent. 96%. So that is kind of tough. So maybe 14 is, is kind of hard to survive. My, 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 my big thing is, man, with, with, uh, with the income thing, um, I, th I think 13, 13 could have worked. My, my brain always goes to 40 hours a week, not being enough. I think that's crazy. Um, I think if you increase that to 50 hours, maybe 55 hours a week, then that would have been more than enough to support you. Plus you get rid of the car payment. And the the, the reason being no. the average person who makes, who may, who makes a hundred K works 60. So if, if that's one of your goals, then 40 hours definitely isn't enough. Right. Um, and then a lot of millionaires, a lot of people who earn a lot of money, a lot of people who have a lot of money, a lot of people who never have to work again, they're working more than 40 hours a week. So 40 hours, I know that's kind of like our standard, but that's really not a lot. There's 168 hours a week. You're only spending 40 of it on improving yourself financially. And even if it's, and I'm not saying like you need to work a nine to five, right? Like your, your side hustle, you can put an extra five to 10, you know, 13, 14 becomes a struggle if you're working 40. But I, I think if you have the, potential, but I, I just think people should be working more hours. And if your job only allows you to work 40, then you need to get another job. You need to get a second job. No, I, I totally agree. Is it like, and that's the thing that, you know, it's, it took me a couple of years to uh, get around that concept of 40 is not enough. And, you know, it's the, jo I guess the job that truthfully it made it aware for me even though I hate it, I will never go back to it. Bucky's, I would, you know, working the 12, 12, 13 days straight. I hated it. But at the end of the day, my paychecks were sitting there all nice and pretty. I was like, I get to do stuff, but I hated it. I'll go ahead and say, I work for Amazon, but I'm also door dashing. So that both of those are weekly paychecks. Amazon's easily be a little bit over 600. I do door dash, get another additional two, $300. Boom. I'm going to start uh, two, three hundred a week. You know, that's yes, two, uh, two, two hundred, three hundred a week. Yeah. That's because I can earn at least a hundred dollars a day on usually four to five hours of dashing. Okay, so I mean, when you look at that income, dude, I, th I think that's a, a really good income to start. That's you know eight to nine hundred a week, and if we play with the lower end of eight hundred, that's um, thirty-two hundred dollars a month, and that's you know that's a that's a really good bring that's bring home, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's a really good bring home income, 3200 That comes from you working a little bit of extra every single week. 
And I know we have this idea in society that, oh, well, people only need to work 40 hours. That's kind of like the standard work week. But I think that's, I think that idea and that concept is a societal concept that we've created that's really detrimental to people. I think it doesn't help people. I think it doesn't encourage people to be the best they can be. I think in a lot of ways, society doesn't allow us to win. Society doesn't want us to flourish. So they tell us things like, oh yeah, you should only work 40 hours a week to keep us down, to keep us broke. And that's something we'll probably address at another podcast. I don't want to rant about it too much because I will go forever. This man knows. Um, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But yeah, you should definitely be thriving to work more. Um, you definitely don't need to make 70K a year. That's that's a lot of that's I don't want to say it's a lot of money, but that's a good amount of money to be what most people would consider comfortable or beyond comfortable. The issue is a lot of people can't manage their money. So when they make 40, 50, 60, 70 K a year, it doesn't even matter because they don't know how to create a budget. They don't know how to manage their money. So people who are making 70 are living paycheck to paycheck and essentially the same financial situation as someone who's making 50. The only difference is the person who's making 70, they might have a little bit bigger of a house or a little bit nicer of a car, but they still have the same financial struggles. That's kind of how that works. I also want to point this out. If you are a young man, you need to provide for your family. So a lot of young men say, well, I don't want to work more because I need to spend time with my family. If you are a young man in America, it is your, you have a duty, you have an obligation to provide for your family. You need to be the one that's willing to sacrifice time with your family to give them the life that they deserve. Even if you're not a big fan of your baby moms or there's something going on in that aspect, you owe it to your child to provide. So if you need to say, sit down, with 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 your girl, with your wife, with your baby moms, whatever, and say, I need to work more so I can give you the life you deserve. I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be working a lot more. You need to do that. You owe that to your child. And I know, I know that we have this weird societal concept. Well, the fathers don't need to work so much, blah, 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 blah. The fathers need to be around more, but listen, I think they, they, they may not understand it when they're young, but most people, as they get older, they understand my father was not around so that I could live the wonderful life I lived. And I respect and love him for it. At the end of the day, that's what your child will say. They will respect you more if you were to sacrifice the time to give them a better life than if you were not to sacrifice the time and be around reality is going to hit one day and your child's either going to say my father did everything he could for me or my father could have done more and if you're around and you're and you're talking but they can't do this and they don't get a chance to have the nice clothes and they don't have the chance to travel and they don't have the chance to experience their childhood like they should because you wasn't there to provide that for them but you're there every day oh i get to spend time with you i get to do this they're going to say well my father could have given me a better childhood like sure he was around but i don't know why he didn't make more money you know what i'm saying that's going to be a reality that hits them and it's your job it's your job young men need to provide for their families i think that is a concept that is lost in this country I think that is a concept that is missing in this country. Young men no longer want, want to provide. Young men want to find reasons to not provide. They want to find reasons to not work. As a young man, 
If you have a family, you need to provide for your family. You need to re- you need to provide for your family. That is your goal. That is your duty. That is your obligation. That is your role in the family to provide for them, to provide for your child at the very least. Continuing on um, to reasons why people are broke and to people lacking accountability for it. The other thing is people will literally reject jobs because they don't want to work them. They, they, they simply don't want to work. And they'll create these excuses as to why it's not their fault, as to why they don't take accountability for them working, as to why they shouldn't take accountability for them not working. Um, because jobs are available. You're simply making these excuses. You will literally tell me that you can't work a job because you're not worth what they pay. I had a guy, I was in Ohio, I was in Dayton, and a guy comes up and he, he knocks on my window and I roll the window down and we have a conversation. And this man literally tells me that he's, he's asking me for change and he's telling me that he could get a job at McDonald's, but he doesn't want to work there because he's not worth no seven twenty-five an hour. You're not worth shit if you're not making shit, homie. What do you mean you're not worth seven twenty? You're knocking on my door asking me for change. What do you think you're worth? You're telling me you can get a job, but you're not doing it because you're not worth. Like that's just an excuse for you not to work. You don't want to work at McDonald's, therefore you're not. You're not making anything. If I was broke, if I was homeless, if I'm living on the streets, if I'm knocking on, if I'm asking people for change, you can, I'm going to McDonald's before I allow myself to ask somebody for change and tell them I'm worth more than 725. You're not worth nothing. Society is going to view you for how much money you make. That, that's how we're going to view your worth. You can't tell me what you're worth if you're not making anything. You, you can't go to somebody with a product and say, this is worth $10,000. You need to pay me $10,000. The economy is going to determine what it's worth. If people are willing to pay $5,000 for it, then it's worth $5,000. If people are willing to pay you $10 an hour, then you're worth $10 an hour. If you can work and you can make hundred K in a year, then you're worth hundred K in a year because that's the value you provided to the world. You can't say my value is hundred K and no one's willing to pay you hundred K. You're not worth hundred K. People, you're worth what people are willing to buy. You're worth what people are willing to pay. That's how your value is determined. You don't determine your own value. No one in the history of ever has determined their own value. You're not worth shit if you're not making shit. You're worth what you create. Chris, do you have anything to add to that? Be, uh, the um, When you were uh, rambling on about the uh, young man, you know, providing, the thing that I will say and I've always had with me is, that's been one of those things that's always been instituted in me, just the way have, that's how my family was. Watching my grandpa always work, putting in 60, 70 hours in on construction sites, painting. And that still carries over to me with me today. I live in a, or living in a house with my girlfriend. You know, when she, you know, there's, we're at our lowest right now, but yet I'm still providing. And that's just because I'm taking that responsibility. She, she doesn't like me working these longer hours, not being able to see me. But at the end of the day, she's not complaining that there's no food in the in the kitchen. The cats are well fed. We're, we're still fine. And that's because, like he said, young men need to take the responsibility of providing. And ever since that I've taken more control to providing, the, mentally-wise, I've been better. Yeah, I think, in, I think intrinsically men want to provide. I think we just get lazy or we need to provide intrinsically. Like, 
it's a natural thing for us and we don't want to, therefore we don't. And I think it meant, I think it seriously mentally affects men, especially whenever we're in a situation where someone's providing for us or we are dependent on somebody. And I can speak, I can speak to this from personal experience. When I felt dependent on other people, I was definitely at a lower mental state than I am now when I can honestly say, I don't need anybody. When I can honestly say that I can I can stand on my own two feet, I'm definitely at a better mental state now. I think men are designed to be providers and it's better for us if we are. I just don't think we want to a lot of the time, so we don't. And I think that actually is going to lead back into our mental state and our mental status and it, it's really going to affect us. I mean, I, th I think it's something that we just need to do and I think Honestly, man, and if, if someone sits down and they and they talk to their family and they talk to their significant other and they say, well, I'm not going to be around as much because I'm working, they might at first kind of give some pushback, like, no, I want to see you, blah, blah, blah. But when that check comes in, they're not going to care anymore. <laughs> like when that check comes in and they see all this money and, 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 and they're traveling and they're and when they do spend time with you, it's an adventure. It's a treat because you have the money to take them out and you have the money to do things with them. I think they're going to say, well. Good thing he's he's working a little more. It's a good thing that he's 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 not around so much because now when he's around, we can actually have fun. We can actually do things together. So I think at first you might get a little pushback on that. It'll always end up being better in the long run. In the long run, it is always going to end up creating a better relationship for you and your family if you're willing to work that. It, it, that like you said, that first initial that pushback, it's like oh, I I can't handle this pushback. But then it's like I, I know for at least for me. I didn't really keep pressing the issue. I just more or less was like, hey, I'm going to be doing two two jobs. And the first thing she's like, oh, so I guess I ain't going to see you as much. She's like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. But from you know me, you know me well. I, whenever I get feedback like that, I normally take it face value at first. Then, then I tend to walk away and dwell on it. But see, when I do that to her, she gets all upset for like two days and then come back and it's like, Oh yeah, I've got four, four or $500. You want me to go get you some food? Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah see, they, <laughs> hey, they're only, quick change. they're only mad until the check come. They're only mad until the check come. Once the check comes, they're like, oh, this is kind of worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, yeah, like then they're going to get mad if you don't work. So <laughs> they're going to get mad. Yeah, like you're, you're around too much. Get away. You know what I'm saying? When I do know that there's going to be certain days that a couple days in a row that I'm not going to be able to see her, I what I'm tending to do is, is like, all right, if I, right before I go to DoorDash, I'm going to go visit her at work and say, hey, I'm in town. I'm going to just say hello to you, let you know I'm out, about to go and do my second job. But I just wanted to come see you, let you, you know, there's coffee or whatever at home. That's the only thing I was just going to say. Like, there, there is all, you can always make the time to see people. And still be able to do, you know, put in as many hours as you can. Even if it's just five minutes, enough to sit there and just see them, say hello, whatever. That's still worth it in the end. I mean, you can you can put that time in your schedule. Again, I think scheduling helps you take accountability. And that's something we'll kind of talk about later in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, to look to look in the mirror. And, and, and be honest with yourself about your situation, about why you're in your situation. I think that society teaches us to lack accountability 
Um, I mean, if we go back to the excuses about obesity, when we're telling people, you know, your weight's not your fault, or e even being extremely skinny, it's not your fault. You have a higher low metabolism. You have an eating disorder. You have um, a bad relationship with food. I mean, that's, I mean, say, say that out loud to yourself. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We, we create these excuses for people to be broke. Oh, it's not your fault. You're worth more than that job. Or, you know, you have so much more potential. You can't work that. Or you're only supposed to work 40 hours a week. We create so many excuses in society that allows us to lack accountability. And at the end of the day, no one wants to be a POS. Nobody wants to be a POS. Nobody wants to look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm really not worth anything. I really, I've really allowed myself to be broke. I've allowed myself to be in debt. I've allowed myself to be overweight. I've allowed myself to be unhealthy. I've allowed myself to not have a good social status. I've allowed myself to essentially be a bum. Nobody wants to look themselves in the eye and do that. It's one of the hardest things in the world is to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. But I'll tell you this, Chris had recently done it with himself. I had to do it with myself about two and a half years ago. I had to look at my, I had to look myself, I had to look in the mirror at myself and say, Darian, you have piled on massive amounts of debt. You do not work enough. You do not want to work. You have been lazy. You have not managed your money correctly. You have been dependent on other people. You are not a man. You are not in the, you're not a, a true individual that, that can take care of himself. You, you haven't been that. You haven't been that. And I had to look myself in the eye and say that. And it's one of the hardest things to do because you admit to being flawed. You admit to being a flawed human. You admit to being not the person you, you want to be. And it's, it, it's really hard. That's a really hard obstacle to overcome. But it's really important in this process because that's really the first step to taking accountability. And then once you start taking accountability, you start breaking those those social constructs of being overweight is your fault. You start you start breaking these the, these concepts of of being an introvert and that's just your personality and you can't help it. You really start breaking these social concepts as soon as you look in the mirror and you take accountability. The thing is about humans. I'm just going to touch a little base about it. It's Humans want to learn. We're always going to learn. You can learn accountability. It's always there. You know, there, there's a quote by, by Brandon Mole, and it, it goes, smart people learn from their mistakes, but the real sharp ones learn from other the mistakes of others. When you, when you look at that quote, I think it relates directly to accountability and taking accountability. I think it relates directly to people wanting to learn because in order to learn from your decisions, in order to learn from your mistakes, you have to take accountability for them. So if you want to be a smart person, you have to take accountability for them. And again, we want to learn naturally as people. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to advance. Tony Robbins, he explained one time that true happiness is going to be in growth. Because that's what we want as people. People want people want to grow. People want to expand. And in order to do that, you have to take accountability. You have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to say, I did this because of X. If you're not able to do, if you're not able to say it's your fault, if you're not able to say, I did this, you're not going to learn from it. Because if it's the fault of someone else, there's nothing you can do about it. If it's the fault of some outside force, there's nothing you can do about it. And then to... To break down the second part of that quote, the real sharp ones learn from the mistakes of others. 
you need to be able to observe the life of others. You need to be able to observe the life of people who have been through it. You need to be able to observe the life of people who are successful and say, okay, these are the mistakes they made. How do I prevent this from happening to me? You need to say, well, I witnessed that. If that happens to me, it is my fault. You need to be able to take accountability. Taking accountability, it gives you absolute control over your situation. It gives you absolute control over your level of happiness. It gives you absolute control over your environment. So it's two sides to the same coin, right? Two sides of the same coin. In one hand, you have to look in the mirror and you have to say, it is my fault I am broke. It is my fault I am fat. It is my fault I don't have friends. It is my fault I am unhappy with my life. But because you have absolute control, because you have now taken accountability for everything that's happened to you, it is you now are able to get in shape, make more money, improve your social skills, make more friends and improve your happiness. And when you get there now, it is your fault. It is you are the one that made yourself happy. You are the one that earned everything you earned. You are the one that's worked to make yourself better. So it's like it's two sides of the same coin. On one end, it's really hard to look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm a POS. But it's really good to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I was a POS, but now I'm, I'm something. I am a contributing member of society. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm a POS. But it feels really good to say, you know what? All these things, I, 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 may have, I may have put myself in this situation, but I can get myself out of it. I can grow out of it. I think that's something we lack in this society is telling is, is we take away accountability. So when people get upset, when people start feeling depressed, they, they have it in their head that it's not their fault that they feel depressed, the, that the world hates them. The world is negative against them. They get, they get it in their head that there's nothing they can do for themselves because they lack accountability and that keeps them down. But if they had it in their head that I can make it better, that would definitely be the first step into helping them get out of that state. Right. So accountability is, is, is really, really important for fixing your life situation, for fixing your surroundings, because if nothing's in your control, if you allow nothing to be in your control, if you don't take accountability for anything that happens to you, you can't fix anything. And if you can't fix anything, then you're just doomed to be miserable. Definitely. Definitely. One hundred percent. It's learning. Learning accountability is definitely one of those building blocks that is it's definitely the step in the right direction. And if not, I'm not saying I'm a POS. I look in the mirror because you see, I hated looking in the mirror. I hated it so much. Like I would avoid it so much. Now I, now I can sit there and go, hmm, you know, the, you know what, Chris, what can I do today? You know, that'd be very more productive than I have been. You know, that's a long way. I, and it's very, very going a very long way. I think taking accountability is hard. This is something that you've recently done. So do you want, do you want to kind of walk us through how you take accountability and, you know, or how you've taken accountability recently or the steps that you need to take to go through accountability? My first step of accountability was finance. My next step of accountability was to work. Uh, accountability was on myself as an individual. Instead of giving reasons and letting people walk on me, I sit there and said, Chris, set a boundary. 
if you do not like people doing this to you, you need to sit there and speak up and say, hey, I do not like that. And you can ask this man right here. I hate doing it. I'm so, I'm so nice. But the first step I did to that was again, it was when I had an abusive ex. And I took this step and said, hey, I'm walking away from this. If you're going to be like this, I'm walking away. I'm not giving you, I gave you two, one too many chances. And that, that was my first step of accountability to myself personally. The next, the next step I have uh, was for, uh, you know, to be more accountable for myself was set up a routine because without a routine, without a routine, cannot really start setting up the day for myself. And, you know, and then after that, then my next, the next accountability and that, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And it's the work, my work accountability. Cause I was like, we talked about earlier. I was stuck in that. I just only want 40 hours. That's all I want. But it took me getting into a hobby that I want to make into a career to tell me, to make me finally realize 40 hours is not going to cut it. We're, and we've said this this entire podcast as well. 40 hours will never cut it. But it really, it'll, truth, it'll, it'll cut it, but you'll never get to where you actually want to be. And I'll be quite honest. When I started making $20 an hour, I was like, I can start doing and doing stuff. No, I didn't hold, my, I didn't hold myself accountable to start doing that stuff. And that's the, and that's the reason why now I'm into the I'm working to the two jobs, maybe going to three. I'm holding myself accountable at this point to saying, if I want if I want this hobby to turn into a career, I need to be accountable to one make the money to have not half make the hours to work. That doesn't seem like a whole lot. But it doesn't take a whole lot for me to be to hold myself accountable. And now I do know that my next step in holding myself accountable is being more social. You can ask this man right here. I'm the definition of antisocial. They, you can text me, and I will. You won't hear from me for t- three days. You've been doing better with that though. A lot better. Trying to, trying to. I, I, I used to be really but, bad with it too until real estate. For me to hold myself accountable and to start to take those steps into it, it took me to be in a position where I by myself and I had to sit there and look at myself and say, hey, yeah, stuff's got to change here. Do you want to kind of um, want to break down I, like your accountability? Um, I mean, the first step for me was, was looking in the mirror. And then um, from there, it was taking control of my finances. After taking control of my finances, it was getting in physical shape. After getting in physical shape, it was really at this point um, getting 1% better each day and holding myself accountable for it. So if I wake up, no matter how I feel, no matter if I'm sick, no matter if I, I, I'm under the weather, no matter if I had a dramatic event happen, I get 1% better. I, I obtain some type of knowledge. I do some type of some type of exercise. I, I manage money. I get 1% better each day in every aspect of my life, whether that's financial, whether that's physical, whether that's real estate, whether that's, you know, Toyota. I, I really, really try to learn something in every aspect at everything I do. And that's where I am now to hold myself accountable for that. That's why it's very rare for me not to skip a day at the gym. It's very rare for me to miss a day at work. It's very rare for me to not 
read something about real estate, about the market. It's very rare for me to not do some type of lead generation. It's very rare for me not to do something even with this podcast every single day because in everything I'm working on, I try to get 1% better. It's very rare for me to not reach out to one of my friends because my relationships, obviously that's something else that's important. It's very rare for me to not look in the mirror and say something good about myself because you know, my mental health, the way I view myself, that that's important as well. I think that's a good thing. I don't see where that's bad. I wake up and I automatically know I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. I go to bed. I'm better than I was yesterday. So me and Chris had talked and we kind of created five ways that you can start taking accountability. And we kind of broke down five steps to taking accountability. And I would say these five steps you would apply to every decision you make to be sure that you are accountable for every decision. Okay, so when you break down these five things, define, define what you want as your outcome, determine the likelihood of desired outcome, assess all possible outcomes, consequences of the decision you're about to make, decide if you're willing to accept the outcomes and consequences and what adjustments you're willing to make, then take action. This goes to everything. This goes to being overweight, this goes to being broke, this goes to improving your social circle, everything. If you look in the mirror and you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of overweight and you need to make a decision on whether you're going to lose weight or not. You got to, you got to walk through these steps to truly take accountability for it, right? You got to say, okay, so what is my, what is my end goal? You got to look at it. You got to say, okay, so how likely is my end goal? If I make these steps, you got to say, what is the outcome of this, of, of this process? You got to say, okay, what, what are the consequences? Then you got to take action, whether that action is that you actually start monitoring, getting up and doing the things you need to do or not doing the things you need to do. Both of those are actions. Both of those are actions decided upon you. Okay. If I could really, really break down a way to hold yourself accountable for, for, for everything, I would say, create a plan right? Everybody needs to have a plan. Everybody needs to have an overall goal or dream. Everyone needs to have a dream, a place they want to hit. And everyone needs goals that lead them to these, to this dream, right? And you should have this in life. I have a saying and it goes, life without dreams is like driving with no destination. You never know where you're going to end up. And dreams without goals or stepping stones to these dreams is like trying to reach a destination with no navigation. You could get lost. And when you create this, this plan and you make these dreams and you, and you lay this out, you are now saying, hey, I'm accountable for reaching this. I have this dream and I have these stepping stones. I have these goals that I have to do in order to reach that dream. And that needs to be your process with every decision you make in life. Those five steps need to be your process with every decision you make in life. You need to have a dream, an overall goal, and then you need to step, create stepping stones to reach it. If you don't do that, then it's going to be a lot harder to do it, okay? That in and of itself, creating this plan, creating this, this structure, this outline, in and of itself is going to help you take accountability because now it's up to you to make those decisions, to make those steps, to take those, to take those stepping stones and, and to go through those obstacles to reach where you want to reach where you want to reach. So everybody should, should strive to have a dream. Everyone should strive to make a plan. I have a 10 year plan. 
You can start with a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, whatever, but everybody needs a plan. Everybody needs to know where they're going. If you don't know where they're going, you could end up anywhere on planet Earth, and it might not be a place you like. It more than likely won't be a place you like. Imagine getting in your car. You're like, hey, I want to go somewhere fun. You pull out, and then you're driving, and you, you don't know where you're going to go. Right? You're going to end up in the middle of Kansas somewhere in some cornfield and you're almost out of gas. You don't know where the next gas station is. Right. Then you're like, you know what? I want to go to California. You get in your car and you start driving. You're not paying attention to road signs. You don't got a map. You don't got a GPS. You might not end up in California. You could end up in Maine. You don't know where you're going. You have no navigation. Right. That's exactly how you need to look at life. You would never hop in your car and just start driving. You would know where you want to go. You would put the the destination in on your GPS, you would get a map, you would know how to get there, and you would drive there that way. That's exactly how you need to view life, and that's exactly what's going to help you take accountability. And I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and say and say it's like I finally took the action to make make my plan. My plan's not like it's like as you know as big as his or as more defined as his. But that's for right now. For right now, the plan I've got right now is fine until I start to get more into the progress. And be more more accountable on update, uh, not just updating it, but making it bigger, expanding it. I, I love the quote that he he's made, and uh, truthfully, it's going to be a, it's going to be a slogan. I'm going to sit here and say it, uh, but he is 100 percent right. I'll repeat that multiple times and uh, throughout the the pod life yeah, of the podcast. Like, I will repeat that multiple times. And like I can sit here and I'll vouch for it because like you can ask you can ask D. What was my mindset back in high school? My mindset back in high school was I just want a simple life. I don't want anything. I don't want too much. I don't want too little. No. Get that out of here. That's done, gone. That's no. I, that, I don't know why I ever thought the that. And I'm teaches, so glad that's. Society out of teaches us that we just want. Yeah, society it, teaches us to be average and they tell us that average is okay. But once you start going past average, you realize that you never want it to be average. You always want it to be great. Most people want to be great. And that's, you know, that's learning. That that was me learning it the hard way. See, that was what I was 18 when I said that. And I'm 26 now. So eight years. It took me eight years to sit there and get that in my mind. He's like, yeah, no, we're not average. No, we're going extreme. We're going to go be extraordinary. People will remember the remember my name. Yeah, you know, that's that's what it will be. Yeah, man. I mean, and I I wish I knew this younger. Hopefully, some younger audiences listen to this and they get motivated. If you if if you're truly content with just being average and not being great, you, you be average, live your life, die. Nobody will will remember your name. You won't have a legacy. Nobody will care. And, and I, I know that that sucks to say, oh, what do you mean? Die and nobody cares. Yeah, not die and nobody cares. You see celebrities die. There's, there's, there's thousands of people that are heartbroken. There's millions of people who are crushed. There's millions of people who cry for these. Though the people go up and they talk about he made an impact on so many people. He had an impact on so many people's lives. That's how I want to go out. I want to go out with, with having an impact. I want to go out with a legacy. I want to go out with with a reason to remember my name, even if it's just a, a small group of people who say, you know what, he changed my life, that's what I want. But most people, you'll never change anybody's lives. Most people, you'll never do anything so significant that there's a reason for, for people to, to remember you. Really, we, as people, we, we want that. We wanna thrive for that. We, we want to, to reach that level. 
it's it's really hard to have constant progression, to have constant growth and still be miserable. It's not the way we're wired. Now, some people can be that way. Very, 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 very few people. And a lot of you are going to be content and happy and you're going to be average and you're going to live an average life and, and you'll be happy with that. And that's perfectly fine. Most people would be happier if they thrived for greater. Most people would be happier if they had a chance to see the world, if they had a chance to explore, if they had the chance to drive their dream cars, to live in their dream homes, to to have their their dream wife, their dream clothes. If, if, if money's not an object and they can live, most people would be happier living that. And you can be happy with an average life, but you would be a lot happier if you had financial freedoms, if you had physical health, if if you had the things that we're trying to help you achieve with this podcast. Oh, no, it's just pretty much just rounding it out. It's just, you know, it's, I want to be able to make a, such a impact that I'm, cause for me, I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered as one, the guy who could, uh, who helped out where he could Two, I want to be remembered to having that impact to change the life. Good. I mean, I can't control what other people do, but yeah, that's, that'll be what I'll round it about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that I think everyone should thrive for is greatness. Um, that's everything that we have for you guys. Thank you for, for, for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. We, this is, this is our first broadcast. We, you know, again, we have a great team behind us that's that's really trying to push this. And again, I just want everyone to walk away with with one thing. If if there was one thing we said that helped you, if there's one thing we said that motivated you, that that, that pushed you to become better, that made you realize or, or, or take accountability, then we did our job. You don't have to watch another podcast. Hey, we did. I, I we did what we wanted to do. We did what we wanted to to get out of this and whatever platform you're on, if you enjoyed it, if you want to, you know, if you want to see us continue, you know, YouTube, subscribe, um, Spotify. I think you subscribe on pot on Spotify, Apple podcasts, go ahead, save us, give us a like. And if there's something you think we can improve on, leave a comment, man. Like, like we, we are definitely open to criticism. If there's something we're doing wrong, we're definitely open to hear it. We, we want to know. If you think that you could come on the podcast and you could benefit from being on the podcast, we are actually going to do that through our Instagram page, Faith is Motivation Pod. So go ahead, give us a follow on there, shoot a message, and somebody within our team will get back with you. Call, um, they'll message back through our social media, and then that might might be something we can schedule. That might be something we can work out. Um, Chris, do you have any any last final closing thoughts? Any last closing thoughts? Hold your hold yourself accountable to making a plan. Get make that first step. Don't be don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure. Failure uh, failure is free knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Failure fa fa failure is real really good. Um, one more time, just to give you guys a schedule. Every Sunday we release the official podcast. It is going to be cut. It is going to be clean. It is going to be straight to the point. And then on Tuesday, you will get the longer version with all the uhs, the ums, the pauses, and weird laughs and awkward 
awkward things that that may happen and and little bumps and dents and then you'll get the video with it that is a youtube exclusive so will only be released on youtube don't expect to see a big long podcast uploaded to spotify or apple Podcasts. we're not going to do that um only the official releases will go on spotify and apple Podcasts. then you get that youtube exclusive on tuesday with video and then on thursday you will get another bit of content whether that is going to be a quick tip, whether that is going to be a quick interview, whether that is going to be on-street interviews, whether it's going to be, you know, just us joking around or it'll be some type of content that is also YouTube exclusive and it is also going to come with video. Um, Then we'll have shorts and things. We'll have Instagram content, Facebook content come out during the week. We might drop small videos on YouTube or we might do, you know, quick clips on on a Wednesday or Monday or Saturday, whenever we decide to, we're still working with our team to determine exactly what content's going to go out and when. Um, But it is something that we're going to do. And obviously we're going to try to deliver you the best quality product possible. We want to, so again, we want your feedback. Comment if you like it, comment if we helped you, subscribe. And that's really all, all we ask is, you know, is for your feedback and you know hit the thumbs up because we're really trying to provide value that that's really our job is is to provide value and give back to you guys so um chris if you, you have anything to add before we sign off uh yeah follow us on socials and if you want to reach out to either of us that at the beginning of the podcast are our social Actually, let's related. go ahead and plug those. Let's, let's, let's plug those one more time. My social media is Hawk 40 Instagram, Facebook, Hawk Agent on Instagram, Hawk no, Hawk Realtor on Instagram, Hawk Agent on Facebook, and those are my business accounts. So if you if you want to do real estate, please try to hit me up on those. Um, yeah, please try to hit me up on those. That way I know it's, it's a real estate. But if you just have questions about the podcast, if you just have – don't ask me to come on the podcast on my personal – accounts please do that like if you do that i'm just going to send you a link to the um to the podcast to the podcast instagram but if you you know have a question about self-improvement building yourself a question about how i got to where i got to or what anything that you know you want my opinion on feel free to message me shoot me a message on my socials again the hawk 40 instagram and twitter the hawk realtor instagram the hawk agent facebook chris go ahead and plug yours one more time uh, all right, for me, uh, it's going to be Reaper Kill Streak on Twitch, Facebook, gaming, and Instagram. If you are wanting to reach out to me, uh, email will be probably will be the best because I'm constantly checking my email. So Reaper Kill Streak eight five nine at gmail dot com, and reach out to me because you know I'm in the rebuilding part. If you want to ask me a couple questions, feel free to ask me, or and if you want to. Uh, swing by my stream uh, streams and you can pop in there and ask if you uh, ask if you want to it that will be on facebook gaming and uh twitch and right and right now that i'll be streaming in the mornings for that all right well thank you guys for tuning in we hope to see you next week it's been really fun been a great experience next week we will be covering discipline after that, we'll be covering social skills, which we, we should have a special guest for that. And then we'll be covering mental he- mental health, mental illness, and that's going to set the platform for success for you guys. Um, 
Yeah, thanks for joining us. Have a nice day. Peace.